What's happening, people? Welcome back to another edition of CodePod. I'm your host, Johan. And today, we're in international break, so I'm going to be doing a little bit of a European review because obviously, now we're at the halfway point in the Champions League and Europa League. So I'm going to be looking at all the groups and giving you my thoughts on all the teams. So without further ado, Let's crack on. So we'll start off with the Champions League. And we're going to group A. We've got the holders, Bayern Munich, who are top of the group with nine points. They look well on course to be sailing through to the knockout stage. Second, we have Atletico Madrid, who are who have four points. Obviously, they lost away at Bayern 4-0. They beat Salzburg 3-2. And they drew on Tuesday night away in Moscow, 1-1. And they're doing doing okay. You would expect them to finish second in the group. Realistically, it's probably going to be Lokomotiv and RB Salzburg to fight for that Europa League spot. So we'll go into the next group. And this is a bit of an interesting one. We've got... Mention Gladbach, Borussia Mention Gladbach, who are top of Group B. Then we have Shakhtar Donetsk, who are second. Third is Real Madrid, and bottom of the group with only two points is Inter Milan. So I guess we'll start off by talking about Real Madrid. Obviously, they had that embarrassing defeat at home to Shakhtar's reserves. See if you don't know about it. Real Madrid lost three to at home to Shakhtar against the Shakhtar side, who had something like eleven players missing with COVID. So they had loads of fringe and reserve team players out, and somehow Shakhtar went to the Alfredo Di Stefano Stadium and got the three points, which was a bad way for Madrid to start the group. They then went away to München Gladbach, and they were very fortunate to get a result there. They were 2-0 down in the last three minutes, but then Benzema Benzema pulled one back and then Gasemiro got the equalising injury time, so they got a 2-2 draw out in Germany. And finally, their most recent game on on Tuesday as well, they beat Inter 3-2. I know Vinicius scored the winner. Um, Benzema scored the first goal after a mistake from Hakimi. Second goal was Ramos, Ramos, Ramos. Sergio Ramos scored his 100th goal for Real Madrid in that game. And now they've restored some credibility after a poor start to the group. Obviously, after the international break, they'll be going to to the San Siro for the return leg against Inter Milan. If they win that, they're well set to go through in the group, I think, especially after... Shakhtar got absolutely demolished at home by mentioned Gladbach 6-0. I think it was I think that was mentioned Gladbach's record win in Europe, something like that. Alessandro Player got a hat trick. Um did Marcus Turan score? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I know um there was an own goal or something like an own goal. I think Christoph Kramer scored and it was an own goal. Admittedly, people, I can't remember who scored the other two goals in the game, but it was a very big win away in, uh, in well, not Donetsk, it was in Kiev, the win, but they beat Shakhtar 
And yeah, right now, it's an interesting one. It's a bit of a sticky one, so I actually can't call who he's going to go through in this group because you would think that Inter should should get that together after the international break and start getting the victories, but if they don't beat Real Madrid in their next game, then uh, it's looking like a Europa League team for them, honestly. And that'll be really bad for Antonio Conte. He's terrible record in Europe would continue. So right now, if I had to, to stick my neck out on the line and say who's going through, I'd have to go with uh, Real Madrid and uh, I'm in Gladbach. I'm going to go with Mitchell Gladbach. I'm going to stick my neck out on the line and say that the Germans get it done. Now the next group is Group C. Manchester City, obviously, no surprise, they're top of the group. Nine points from nine, perfect record. Easily dispatching of Marseille, Monaco, I mean, not Monaco, Marseille, Olympiacos and Porto. Second is Porto. Third is Olympiacos, who looks set for another another sojourn into the Europa League. And Marseille, who are having a terrible time of it. No goals scored, seven conceded. Three shocking performances, and I believe after they lost three in the way at Porto the other day, I think uh, Andre Villas-Boas, the Marseille manager, was saying. I think I think the reporters asked him, "What do you make of Marseille's sh- shit performances?" Apologies for the language, but AVB basically said in response, "Well." To be shit in the Champions League, you have to actually qualify for the Champions League. So he's a bit of a maverick. I mean, he, he is right. I mean, if you ask a dumb question, you get a dumb answer. But still, Marseille are not doing well. I think they've now equaled the Champions League record for most Champions League for most defeats in a row with twelve, which is embarrassing on them part. On their part, and it looks like they they won't be in Europe come the new year. As for Manchester City, it's, it's a bit interesting because um, they seem to be scoring goals for fun in Europe. But when it comes to the Premier League, they're misfiring a bit. In fact, they've scored as many goals in the Champions League group stage in their three games as they have in the Premier League. And that's nine. So you have to wonder, how is it that they're being able to convert their chances in the Champions League games, but they can't get the job done in the Premier League? It's a bit of a weird one, but uh, hopefully... Hopefully, for Pep's sake, for Manchester City's sake, they get uh, they get a grip and they they find their attacking rhythm soon. Because if they don't, especially with the injury injury troubles that Sergio Aguero's has been having with Gabriel Jesus when he's just coming back again, they need to find them the net sooner or later. So. It's looking good for them in terms of, of qualification, but can they go and win the whole thing? Yeah, there is a bit of a mental block there. They've been losing to sides that they haven't been, that they shouldn't be. Like they got knocked out against Leon last season. Um, who was it this season before? Who was it this season before? Tottenham. Tottenham. So they got knocked out against the season before. Anyway, we'll move on to Group D, and that is the Premier League champions, Liverpool, who are top of the group, nine points from nine. Ajax and Atalanta tied on four points, and Midtjylland, no disrespect to Midtjylland, but as expected, they are bottom of the group. 
And as for Liverpool, I have to say their win against Atalanta the other day was very, very impressive. Diogo Jota scoring a hat-trick. His first hat-trick for Liverpool, his first hat-trick in the Champions League. And it now means that he actually has more goals in 2020 for Liverpool than a certain Roberto Firmino. Makes you wonder. So, anyways, in terms of who's going to go through in this group, again, it's a bit of a techie one because Ajax um, got their first win of the group when they played, when they beat Midland 2 1. And uh, Atalanta are only. I think. I think they are. I think they're below Ajax on away goals at the moment. So the return leg between those two will be very, very intriguing to see. It'll probably be the decider as to who gets that second, uh, the second uh, round of 16 spot, and the other lightly dropping into the Europa League. On to Group E, and uh, Chelsea and Sevilla are tied at the top of Group E. Obviously, those two. Again, you would assume that they're going to be fighting to um to get top spot. They drew nil nil at Stamford Bridge, so the return leg at the Ramon Sanchez Fichuan will be very very important to decide that. Aside from that, they got the job done. We'll talk about Chelsea specifically. They got the job done against Rennes at home the other day with a dodgy penalty. Well, the second one specifically, the ball kind of ricocheting. Off of Dalbert's um, thigh onto his arm, and for whatever reason, the referee gave him a second. You know, I thought that was absolutely ludicrous, and it just shows that whatever country we're in, the refs all seem to be dog shit. So um, it is what it is. Chelsea will take Chelsea will take the luck as it comes. I think they're motoring slowly but surely. They're looking a lot more defensively solid. You want to see a bit more from them in that sense, after the international break. But as for the moment, the them and Sevilla are very well set to go through in this group. I think Sevilla, especially their win against Krasnodar, was very, very impressive, coming back from two goals down and also being a man down in that game to beat Krasnodar 3-2. So maybe, for once, Sevilla won't be able to win the Europa League. They won't be able to terrorise us all there. So that's good for Arsenal. That's good for my boys. On to Group F, and we have Borussia Dortmund, who are top of the group with two wins from three. They lost, obviously. They started off on match day one with a defeat away at Lazio, but since then they responded. They beat Zenit in a tough four game, but they got the job done. And Club Brugge, again, more comfortable away from home. Got the job done, sat the opening half hour. That's your second. After that, after that impressive win against Dortmund on the match day one, they've been a bit disappointing, to be honest with you. They've gone away to Zenit and uh, Brigge, and they've had two disappointing one-one draws. In my opinion, I think they shouldn't really have let that lead slip in Brigge. And against Lazio, they were quite lucky to get a point. So I think they need to fix up a bit, especially with Brigge breathing down their necks. But still, you bet them to get the job done. You bet them to go through alongside Dortmund, who I expect to top the group. And as for the Europa League spot, well, obviously Brugge beat Zenit away from home. So Zenit will need to get the job done when they go to Brugge if they want to get that Europa League spot. But aside from that, it's not looking very promising for them. On to Group G, 
Um, the penultimate group. Barcelona top. Three wins from three. And Barcelona a bit of an enigma. I don't... It's a bit of a weird one because um, whilst they've won three out of three games, I don't think they've been particularly impressive in any of those three. Like against Ferenc Varos, obviously you have to discount the opposition, but it is what it is. He should be beating them uncomfortably. Uh, Juventus away, I thought um, they were very wasteful in the final third. And uh, if Morata if Murata wasn't born offside, if Morata wasn't perpetually offside, then maybe Juventus could have got something out of the game. But eventually they got the killer second goal right at the end with Messi. And against Dina Kiev, they were... Obviously, the highlights will make it look like... Uh, Dinamo Kiev's young goalkeeper Nesher had a great game, but watching the game, I can say it was a lot closer than that. It was a lot closer than what the highlights showed. And uh, 2 1 in the end, a bit fortunate to win, but it is what it is. You have to get the job done. Nine points from nine, can't complain really. Dinamo Kiev and Ferenc Varos, to be honest, fighting for that Europa League spot. Just a matter of time about when the top two secure their place into the round of 16. And on to the final group in this Champions League. Manchester United are top. RB Leipzig are second. And uh, Istanbul, Başakşehir, and PSG are tied in f- on points at the bottom. And where do you begin with this group? To be honest, um, where do you begin with this group? Because this this group has been all sorts of crazy. I think this is by far the most entertaining group. We'll get onto Manchester United a bit in a bit. We'll actually start off with PSG against um, PSG. They're having a bit of a topsy turvy time at the moment. They started off league really, really poorly. Um, Got their act together, they're now top of the league after going on, I think, an eight match winning run. No, 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 not an eight match, it's down 21 points, a seven match winning run in the league. Um, but when it comes to the Champions League, they kind of flattered to deceive, to be honest. Um, against Manchester United, they, they looked all a bit like it looked like it was just Mbappe, Neymar, and inshallah. Like, no one was really trying to make anything stick. Every man was just playing for themselves. They weren't really playing as a cohesive attacking unit. And I think United deservedly won the game, to be honest. Yes, it was a late goal from Marcus Rashford, but it was a deserved goal because I thought PSG were really poor against them. And yeah, they got the win out in Turkey against Basha Shahir. But again, against Leipzig, this time they're missing Mbappe Neymar. Icardi and Verratti, but still they had the lead. They took the lead in the first five minutes. Bumakano made a mistake, passing it to Moise Keane. Moise Keane sets up Angel Di Maria. PSG have a deserved lead. You think, okay, then this is their star men, but they're still they've still turned up. They still look like they can get the job done. They got a penalty inside the opening twenty, when uh, a harsh penalty actually because the ball. I don't think Open Makano could have really done anything to get out of the way of my skin shot. He's like a yard or two away from them. I don't think that's a penalty, personally. But it is what it is. They get the penalty. 
Gulashi makes a good save from Di Maria, and from then on, the game just turned. The game really turned because um, it's a, it's it's an interesting. I'm not sure whether PSG lost um, their attacking edge. I'm not sure whether they lost their confidence in front of goal. But they just they never seem quite the same after that penalty miss. Obviously, they had three chances here and there, but most of them were offside. Moiskin had a tap in, but he was offside. Um, their old player, um, Nkunku, equalised before time. And then in the second half, it really was all Leipzig. They got a penalty very early on in the second. Um, who is it that scored? Forsberg scored the winner, 2-1. PSG had two red cards, Idrissi Gay and uh, Presnel Kimpembe both getting themselves sent off and now PSG are in a very tricky situation because okay you you would assume that um, Mbappe and Neymar should be back for the next game but their game against Leipzig is really a must win if they lose they are in massive massive trouble massive trouble and to be honest if PSG end up in the Europa League after Christmas then for me Tuku Thomas Tuchel is a dead man walking. There is no way he is keeping his job until the end of the season. Irrespective of the fact that his contract actually ends at the end of the season. RB Leipzig. Um, they're not quite the potent attacking threat that they were last season. Although that's not the, although that's hardly a surprise now that Timo Werner is gone. But still, they they've they've kept their, they've kept their they've kept their principles. They still play the exact same way. You want to see a bit more from them in an attacking sense, because for as much as they create chances, do they really create substantial, clear cut chances? I'm not so sure they're doing that as much. So not from what I've seen of them in the Bundesliga and in. Uh, the Champions League this season, so I think they still need to find their feet. I think they still could. Uh, I think Nagelsmann could do a little bit better integrating Huang He Chan and uh, Alexander Sulov into the team a bit more. Obviously, he's got this trusted lieutenant, um, Yusuf Paulson, up front at the moment. I think. I think it'll only be a matter of time before we saw before we see Chan and Sulov get more of a chance. And on to the on to the um, onto the sheep in wolf's clothing, Manchester United. Now the game in Turkey the other night seemed to exacerbate all the problems around the club at the moment. Yes, you did well against PSG and Leipzig. But then you got absolutely humiliated away against, no disrespects, but a Bashaksehir side, which may I remind you that this was their first ever win in the competition. It's embarrassing. And the manner in which Manchester United lost the game was embarrassing. The first goal they conceded is, is schoolboy stuff, really and truly. It's schoolboy stuff. You have a corner in the 10th minute. And from the way they were marking, from the way Demabar was just left unmarked, you would think that United were 1-0 down in the 93rd, 94th minute. I don't know what the hell was going on. Anyway, they popped the ball forward, Demabar latches onto it, and he finishes past Dean Henderson, 1-0. 
Again, Manchester United, the second goal. Doing dumb things on the ball, both Bruno Fernandes and uh, Juan Mata losing the ball stupidly. Bashashi count on them. They get the second goal through Visha. At 2-0, you can't really argue with it. They deserve to they deserve to be 2-0 up. Yeah, Anthony Marshall pulled a goal back three minutes later, but in the second half, toothless. Manchester United were toothless. Nothing really going for them. They had the free kick from Bruno, which the keeper made a routine save from. And until the 92nd minute when... Boy, I can't tell you who's, whose effort that was that got cleared off the line. It might have been McTominay. Yeah, I think it was McTominay, actually, that had it cleared off the line. If United had gotten something like that game, it would have been floodlit robbery because they deserve to lose and their poor league form is now translating to the Champions League if it continues boy 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 Oli Gunnar Solskjaer will not be in the job and for my sake if you're listening to this Edward Wood I know you're not but if you somehow are please don't sack Oli please 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 don't sack Oli that is that is my tape. But yeah, now we don't talk about Champions League. We're gonna move on to the real Don Dada competition, and that is the Europa League. The UEFA Europa League, the best competition in the world. And let me just get the groups up for you people. Anytime, anytime, Google. Thank you, there we go. No, no, no. The table, come on. Come on, don't do it, dirty. We've got a few more groups to cover. Obviously, the Europa League is a bit mad. Much more groups, much more games. So I'm not going to go into depth as much. So, Group A of the Europa League, we've got Roma, top. Young Boys, second. Cluj, third. CSK, Sofia, bottom of the group. See, you expect Roma probably. You know what? Cluj have been a bit of a a bookie side in Europe. They've been a bit of a weird one. They do a bit of a mazor to some teams. So I think Cluj might get out of the group, to be honest. Them and Roma. Um, group B, I'm actually going to skip that group because that is my boys at Arsenal's group. I'm going to skip them. I'm going to talk about us last. Group C, we got Slavia Prague, what's up in the group? By Leverkusen, second, Nice and Hapoel Beersheva. Now, Nice, if I remember correctly, I think Nice are actually doing quite poorly in Liga. Let me just go and verify that. I think Nice are like in the table at the moment. If I remember correctly, I'm not too sure about that. But um, what? Oh, sorry. Damn, I'm I'm chatting shit, bro. These are fifth. What am I talking about? Anyways, um, so yeah, maybe these are just doing poorly in the Europa League. I don't know. It's gonna go through. So we probably have done well in Europe in recent years. So I think I back them to go through them along with Leverkusen and got to the quarters. But a competition last year. Group D, we've got Rangers top, Benfica second, Lech, Lech Poznan third, and Stanford Liege. Bottom with zero points. Now, Rangers, I think they should be very disappointed with themselves because they had a chance to, um, well, let me put it this way they were 3 1 up against 10 man Benfica on Thursday night. 
away in uh, Lisbon and they somehow let it slip in the last 10 minutes. Well, not 10 minutes, 15 minutes. They let it slip. I don't know how they managed to let it slip, but they did. They got clawed back by Darwin Nunes' goal in injury time to get a 3 3 draw. And uh, as far as I'm aware, I think Rangers are doing very, very well in uh, the Scottish Premier League. I think uh, I think certainly with Steven Gerrard at the helm, I think they could definitely go and win the title this, this year, especially with how poor Celtic are being. Obviously, we'll touch on them in a little bit. I'll touch on their poor results in a bit. Under the next group, Group E, we've got Grenada, who are top with seven points. Pauk, who are second. PSV Eindhoven, third. And AC Omonia with one point rock bottom of the group. Again, I'm not really watching any of these men religiously, so I can't really tell you about that group. Uh, group F is a bit of a matter. RZ Altmar top. I'm not sure how they determined it, but basically, RZ Altmar, Napoli, and Real Sociedad all have six points. But RZ Altmar are top. I presume that's probably on. Head to head away goal or something like that because they beat Napoli away from home and they got a draw away at Sociedad, I think. So they're doing all right. Uh, the other team in that group is Rijeka of uh, Croatia. So them are going out. Group G, we've got the first English team that we're going to cover so far, and that's Leicester who are top in the group with Braga second, AK Athens third, and uh, Zoria. Who are rock bottom of the group now? Leicester, they've been doing very well. Not just in uh, not just in the Europa League, but also in the Premier League. I think they are are they fourth? Are they fourth in the Premier League right now? I need to check that. Should really know these things off to hand, really. But oh no, they're third actually. They're third, and they're playing Wolves on Sunday. At the time of recording, it's actually Friday. Friday night, Saturday morning. It's quite late in the night. But I just wanted to speak, so I'm just talking about this to you guys. But uh, yeah, that's their Europa League group. Um, they're top. They beat Braga 4 0 the other day. Very impressive performance. Very good goal from Madison. And a good endeavour shown by Galacci and Nacho for his two goals. And I think Golden Zenith Pratt, who got the other one. But yeah, they're doing, they're doing very well in the group. Group H, I did mention that we were going to talk about Celtic a little bit. They are bottom of their group with one point, and that was away at Lille. Last week, Lille are top of the group. AC Milan are second, and uh, Sparta Prague are third. Now, Lille, they had a very convincing win away at the San Siro on Thursday. They beat Milan 3-0 with a hat-trick from Yuzo Fiazici. That was a very nice, very nice hat-trick from him. He looks like a very tidy player, very decent player. don't think he'll stay at Lille too much longer. But as for Celtic, this is an absolute disaster. They're poorly in the league. They embarrassed themselves. They really, really embarrassed themselves at home to Sparta Park the other night. Losing at home 4-1 to a Sparta side that, um, again, I think someone had, had something like 10 absentees with COVID just embarrassing really really embarrassing next group uh group i we've got um Villarreal, who are managed by of course arsenal's former manager Unai Emery. 
We've got Maccabi Tel Aviv, who are second in the group. Sivaspor, with um, who are third with three points, and uh, Karabag Karabag FK, who are fourth, rock bottom with zero points. Group J takes us to the Ops Tottenham. Tottenham are level on points with Royal Antwerp and uh, Lask, but they do top the group on again. I guess it's head to head. Not sure how. Not sure how that would work specifically because. I swear Antwerp beat them, but anyway, here's what it is. Ludogorets are bottom of the group. Very impressive win by Tottenham on Thursday. Harry Kane scored his um, 200th goal for Tottenham in his 300th game for the club, which now means that he scored 100 goals at, at home and 100 goals away from home. Perfect symmetry for you guys. Group K. Dinamo Zagreb are top of that group with five points. Uh, Wolfsburg, the Austrian Wolfsburg, are second. Feyenoord are third, level on points with Wolfsburg. And uh, Cisco Moscow are bottom with two points. And the final group before we go and talk a little bit about my boys, Arsenal. Hoffenheim are top with a perfect record. Nine points. Shivina Svezda, or as you may commonly know them as Red Star Belgrade, are second. Slovan Liberec are third in the group, and rock bottom is Ghent, Jonathan David's old team. So, without further ado, we come on to the main, well, not the main, the main attraction of the Europa League. No disrespect to any of you, you mind listening, but. Yeah, Group B, Arsenal top, we were perfect, 9 points out of 9, Mulder, who we beat for 1 on Thursday or 2nd, Rapid Vienna, our 3rd, and Dundalk, the Irish side, our bottom. Now, Arsenal, I wouldn't say our performances have been stellar in the Europa League so far, to be honest with you, but um, listen, in the group stage, it's about getting the job done. We've got the job done before against Mulder. We were a bit a bit needy, but it's what it is. We got the job done. We fell behind that in the in the first half, but um, we came back second half, got the three goals. Um what's our next game? We gotta go away to Mulder. Still got away gotta go away to Dundalk. Hopefully we can see more of the kids. I say kids. I'm not calling them kids, I'm twenty one, bro. But um, yeah, more the Hainan lads play the guys, guys like Smith Rose, the Nelsons, the Willocks, the Balagans, the maybe even the Zaymon Luises. Obviously, Saliba can't play, but um, yeah, it is what it is. We've got to just get the job done. I think we need to take the Europa League very seriously this season, but um. Yeah, as for getting through the group, it should be very comfortable for us. I think, cause I think if we get the win against Mordor, I think we're basically through, aren't we? So, yeah, just go go there, go get the dub, go get through, and we can focus on the knockout stage whenever it comes. Full focus will be in the Premier League after that. So, yeah, this is all, uh, this is all I'm going to talk about. I'm going to end it there, just over half an hour gone. So, yeah, people... You're on. I'm out. Peace and love.
hopefully you're all doing well. Hopefully your mental health is not in the gutter whilst we're in lockdown. Hopefully everybody's staying safe. Hopefully all your families are safe. And I'm sending love to all, to all of you. So without further ado, I'm out. <laughs>